Welcome back to another episode of the Million Dollar Converse Podcast. Now on this episode, we have a queen here in the fashion business, in the fashion industry in Jamaica. We have Shamara Sahedi, aka Champagne. Hi. What's up? What's up? Now, for the viewers and listeners who don't know what you do, you know, what's your business, can you give us a brief character definition of you and a brief introduction as to what your business is? So, um, as you said, I'm Champagne and I'm a stylist and designer, Jamaica based. I have a brand that's called Sierra, which is um, um, a custom clothing brand, mm-hmm. as well as we're branching off into doing product lines. So, um, it's a minimalist brand. Yeah, basically. Minimalist brand, give us some more on that. What is it? Okay, so basically, the style for, the style for our, like, our, our products look is really like we try to keep it kind of simple, but. Like simple but head turner. Okay, okay, so okay, I get you. Too, you know, like simple but you would grab your attention. Right, right, I get you, I get you, I get you. So, you know, nowadays, actually, I looked on your page before even coming here and I checked out your designs, it's pretty good, to be I honest. You. You know? And, you know, nowadays, the internet is seen as, you know, the great equalizer. So, in the clothing industry, it's very easy for fashion designers, for artists like yourself, to reach your customers, correct? Very easy. Very um, easy. Very but, Fairly, all right. You, you, I, I sent some difficulty there. So give us, give us, give us the clear. Give us some clarity there. Okay, so it's fairly easy and not like very easy because mm-hmm. at the same time, unless you're one hundred percent certain of like what your market is or who your niche is, and mm-hmm. for me, it's multiple things. So as you can see, I style. So that's a lot of like you know in the entertainment industry as well as the fact that since I do custom clothing, right. it's um I I have a range of people that I try to um you know cater for cater for right so, right so I still I still would cater for like professionals corporate people mm-hmm. but same way I would still cater for college students right so you're attacking every niche yeah every niche right so that is also a challenge because I have to know like. I have to make sure that the way I market is rounded so that whosoever sees it doesn't feel excluded. Right, right. I love that explanation. No, the, the backstory to Sarah, um, we don't quite know. I don't quite know it. I don't, I don't think many of our listeners do either. Is it a story that you tell often? Yes. It I is? I have questions about it. All right. So can you give us a, can you expound a little bit on the background of Sarah, where it's coming from? Okay. So Sarah actually started out as Sarah Swim in mm-hmm. 2017. So I used to actually just do like swimwear and like um, carnival Monday wear. Mm-hmm. So that's what I started out as. And then it actually branched off into like clothing when I started doing and people would come to me, you know, for parties and like, oh, he made clothes and I had to yeah, learn how to make clothes and things like that. Right. So then, um, probably like a year after that, I dropped the Sierra Swim. So it's just Sierra. So um, that's, yeah, that's it. Is there, is there a meaning and definition behind Sierra? Why is it called Sierra? Okay, so actually, <laughs> it's something I saw on Tumblr. So it's, <laughs> so, no, okay, so it said on Tumblr that your creature name is the first letter in your last name. <laughs> so the first letter in your first name, mm-hmm. the last two letters in your last name, and the last two letters in your first name. So mm-hmm. my name is Shamara Sahadio. Yeah, yeah. So when I did that, I got Sierra. Sierra. I, I mean, you kind of it, it, it has a nice ring to it. I really like it. It kind of rolls off. You understand? Um, Thank you. Now, as a young lady in the fashion industry, um, credibility is something that I'm sure was hard to gain, right? Um, as it relates to 
you know, Jamaican people. Jamaican people are some of the most skeptical mm -hmm. consumers and customers in the world, no doubt. Mm -hmm. So, give us a rundown on really how you really gain that advantageous um, kind of edge of the rest of the um, fashion industry, even in Jamaica, because I see your clothes almost everywhere on Instagram, right? I'm, I'm not necessarily looking for it, you know, in public or whatever, but I see it everywhere online. So give us that rundown on how you got it, you know, to be above almost all your competitors. Okay, honestly, what happened was I just got reached, like they reached out to me. Mm -hmm. So I just, I was just really always made sure that like whatever I post on my personal Instagram at the time was very intentional. So I do like outfits as I know that, okay, people are like, where did you get that? Right. Did you make that? Mm -hmm. And that's literally how I got into like doing work in the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. I created a director reached out to me and was like, oh, I didn't know you did things like that. Can you style and whatever? And that's how I really got, got into it. it. And then with our industry, um, it's your, your network. It's um, okay. Let me say people ref will reference you as long as they see who you work with. Right, right. So right. with that, that's how I kind of gained a network and you know mm. got to the place I'm at now. All right. So can you give us? You spoke about your network. You spoke about how you garnered that credibility. Now, artistic vision, right? Seeing a design in your head even before it's produced in the open. It's something that's very important for a fashion designer, for our stylist, right? right? So walk us through that process of creation and design. Like what goes through your head even before you start creating and after? Okay, so all right, so it's different when, when I'm working in the, um, in the faculty as a stylist than yeah. when I'm just designing. Mm. It's two different things. It's two different things. Yeah, two completely different things. Okay. So when I'm styling, what will happen is um, if it's for like a shoot or a video, the director themselves would already have a theme that I work with. Right. So like say, uh, for example, they say, okay, old school dancer. Mm. So I'm going to look for my inspiration through that line as opposed to if I'm designing a product for Sierra, it's completely different. So right. I guess I was walking through both. Mm. So for styling, so once I get the theme on like have a run, like I really have to go through like what exactly they're expecting of me. Right. So once I get the theme, I always try to make sure that there's a lot of detail to what I create and the accessories and I can speak about when I did the shoot for Kabaka Pyramid and right. something that. Right. Yo, that was, a, that was a crazy video by the way. Thank you. And the clothes were. Thank you me? very much. Thank you. So I really, really wanted, um, I was very excited to do Old School Dancer because mm -hmm. I love it. Mm -hmm. I really wanted everything to feel as authentic as possible. So mm -hmm. he really, he renditioned a song that was originally done by Michigan and Smiley. Right. So the, even the tracksuit I put him in, it was something that Michigan had already worn before. Right, right, right. And then for like, you know, the detail of knowing like what did, what did like men in that era wear. So I want to always ensure that if I'm going to do a theme, I try to be as authentic as possible, right? As possible, right? You know? Yeah. Um, so that's how it goes with the style. I try to stick, not really just stick to the theme, but mm. once you look at whatever I'm creating, mm. you must automatically think the theme without already pre Pre, yeah, right. You have to look too deep for it. You understand? Yeah, yeah. I understand, I understand. So mm -hmm. let's transition now to you from 2017 in swimwear mm -hmm. to 
you working with artists like you know Lila Ike, Kabaka Pyramid, as you said, you know, that transition, where was that point when you, when you realized that, all right, I'm not in the same league anymore? I'm not going to say not in the same league because you seem like you want to humble yourself. Um, when was that transition from you know, swim mirror to all right, production scenes and artists link-ups and networks that are you know, you're not usually accustomed to? When was that transition? Okay, well, I can, I can speak about when I just decided, um, I guess sometime last year in November, when I decided that, okay, I really want to spread my market and I really wanted to get in the, you know, the creative the creative side. Right. There's a difference between running your running the brand as a business meaning that okay, so these are the titans I make for customers and that's it. But when you're in the creative industry it's kinda of different. You understand? So right. like I wanna kinda of get over on that side. Um I really just started going to like events that like New Way for example. Yeah. And that's when I really like saw like them performing and all, and I remember saying to my friend that oh I really want to be making clothes for Lila IP in 2020. Mm -hmm. Like I just said around me and then that's literally what happened. Like in January 2020, the first week, <laughs> um, her creative director had actually like, reached out to me. All right. So how was that? How was that? How was that moment though? When you read, it wait, was, was it that email? Crazy. No, on Instagram. Instagram, yeah. yeah. So how was that? What was that like, moment? Like I was just like, my, I'm so excited. <laughs> like she was just like, yo, I have something to shoot for Lila next week. It might be last minute. I'm like, nothing is last minute. Like. You know, I've been wanting to yeah. do like, it's so crazy. Yeah. So I was like, no, 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 no. I was just like, do tell it. what's up. Like, right now. <laughs> like, I'm ready. I'm yeah. really ready, you know? So that's yeah. how I started out. We were doing like some supporting visuals for her EP at the time and the EP cover. And I ended up styling. She's the first person I ever styled. That's January this year. That's what In Bloom? Um, no, it's for her EP. Okay, oh, the EP. Oh, yeah. yeah. So um, that's. And then from, from there, that's when I developed a, a relationship with Indignation. Mm -hmm. And that's how I ended up on more projects with them. And then other people would see those projects and reach out to me to work and right. things like that. Right, so you speak about the creative side. You speak about transitioning more to the creative side. But at the same time, Sierra is a business, right. correct? No, right. any business that isn't making profit, that's pretty redundant. No, right. have there been periods where, you know, you had a creative block and you weren't producing anything because the life of your business is dependent on your mind. Right. And your mind produces, you know, the creative substance to get you your money. Right? right. So has there ever been a period where, you know, there's a dry spell and you have to consolidate and you know, you have to really look into yourself and say, Oh, what's going on? Well definitely, um, I feel like every like new business has to like well maybe it happens where like probably in the first year or the second year mm -hmm. you kinda of not really make it as much as, as much, you yeah. Mm -hmm. So I feel like in the early on um, days of when it was serious and more serious, I would only get business like during like oh, oh weekend and right. Easter. And so it was seasonal. Seasonal. It was very seasonal right. at that point. But when I actually diversified and started styling, it became like I got way more projects and yeah. So in in regards to the creative block, yeah, definitely sometimes that mm -hmm. happens. But that's why like I ensure that um I the way I do my social media, I always want to look at things in my feed for whatever social media inspires me. Right. So sometimes I'll literally just say, okay, no, I'm going to go watch some YouTube videos. Um, I'm going to go watch a documentary on um, St. Laurent. I, I'm mm. going to watch something on Christian Dior or right. whatever, or whoever inspires me. Or I'm going to sit and look at some styles now. And that's why I keep, you know, the creative juices going. Right. So, yeah. So you, you mentioned Christian Dior, you mentioned mm -hmm. St. Laurent. Mm -hmm. Now, 
are there any local mentors that you had that you know kind of channeled you along this path or was it simply and utterly self-taught oh no my mom actually taught me how to sew your mom taught you how to sew yeah okay so tell us about that story now what are you oh honestly like growing up i was not interested in learning like i was one of the i used to have like textile clothing i used to mm -hmm. get my friend to do my homework i did not have any interest in sewing you know honestly i had no interest in that but it's just as when i got older i realized that my genuine passion is jamaican culture and i genuinely love like fashion so when i started out i really wanted to be a carnival designer right. so that's why i started with swimwear and then through that i actually got like a huge love for you know creating and fashion and a whole mm -hmm. so like, oh, i need to learn how to do like more stuff so she really taught she really really taught me like basically yeah basically so she was that. really the mentor then yeah let me say that yeah definitely all right so let's move on to the tininess music concert because that's the question that i've been wanting to ask him <laughs> since the start of this now. Um, okay. That concert in itself by Lila Ike was amazing. Yeah, First yeah. thing, what she was wearing, crazy Thank as well. You. And, and you know, seeing as though it was you, you know, coincidentally it was you, and we have you on the podcast right now. I want to, I want you to really express how you how you felt designing for an artist on that platform. Right with that much exposure, right. right? And secondly, how it really changed the perspective of others on your business, did it? Honestly, from the jump when I started working with them earlier in the year, mm -hmm. it um, already like changed uh, um, the perspective of my brand and mm -hmm. like, what I do from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Like when he got to the doing the tiny this was really like a hallmark, you know, right. like, oh, what this is also, you know. So um you were you're asking how did um I feel about it? Yeah, the platform. On that platform, you know, eight hundred thousand views and the centerpiece was your design. I mean how would you how did you feel in that moment? Honestly, when she when she told me that she had the tiny this to do, like I was so excited for her and I was like, Okay, like we definitely need to do something that's like crazy and mm -hmm. it's like you and you right. know like something like along the vibe of what you're going for now and she just trusted me to come up with the style and everything mm -hmm. i told her the color scheme and everything um actually she didn't see it before the day. so she just trusted you straight up yeah, but she just trusted me to get it done yeah but I let her know like okay it's gonna be a jump off it's mm -hmm. gonna be baby pink but she didn't really like know exactly how it looked no pictures or anything mm -hmm. like she came and i was already there with it right um it was very exciting definitely tiny desk is huge yeah yeah, yeah yeah it's huge and hers was actually the first one ever shot in jamaica it was yeah it was the first one ever shot here so mm -hmm. it was just really like um it was really surreal knowing that okay like all these people are going to see me and mm -hmm. you know like it was, a, it was a huge moment for me but i was also very excited for her as well so. right right so has there ever been because you you've been on probably hundreds of sets right you've been designed for a lot of artists. Has there ever been like a mess up, like one pin fly off or some tear or something you have to go and go in and fix it up really quickly? And um, all right. So sometimes we don't get to fit before um, shoots. Mm -hmm. So, but the the great thing is that I also sew because a lot of stylists don't sew. Don't sew, sew right? So I I always I'm always equipped on set to like alter because mm -hmm. I've been on a set of music video set already. The artist his pants was kind of big and I had to like sit and 
know, taking it. <laughs> like, he was also yeah. amazed. He's like, wow, this is legit. Yeah, like, yeah. This official, this official. Like, mm. start to stay. I think, you know, you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like blown away by yeah. it. So, and I feel like even working with that director, like people who were there and seeing that I was able to do that, that mm. also helped to the credibility part that you mentioned right, earlier. Right. So that, yeah, I can actually handle business on set. Mm. Mm. So there's a common misconception that creatives creatives can be or creatives aren't as good as entrepreneurs as pyramids. I want you to attack that now because you seem like you really want to get into that. So why don't you give us your perspective on that and shed some light. That creatives aren't as good. As our creatives aren't as adept as entrepreneurs, as probably like purebreds entrepreneurs or you know, like people who just dive straight into it. Because there's there seems to be almost a thin line and a massive line between creatives and entrepreneurs, but I see the two mixing today. Right? It's 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 because content creators are now using YouTube as a means to create income, right? That is a business now. Right. Right? So I'm saying to you, like People who are creatives, they are saying that they aren't as adept as being entrepreneurs, and it, right? And that's 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 the case that you're in right now. You're an entrepreneur and you're creative, right? Okay. So I want you to address that. Please, yes. Okay, so I feel like um, there's a lot of misconceptions about the creative industry because let's think about it holistically. Mm -hmm. A creative is a business in themselves. Right. They are their brand. So even if I'm ex-photographer, ex-photography is my brand, that's right. my business. I'll have rates, I'll have things that I abide by. Mm -hmm. Just like if you're an entrepreneur and say you're selling tables and you say, okay, I require 50%, but it's run similarly. I feel like because you are physically seeing the person, it's if you think of it differently. So like a business, mm -hmm. Is more seen like an institution, and then right. you're like you cannot create like creative like oh. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just to be real. Yeah. But it's definitely just this just way. as serious as if you're a business owner, mm. literally. Because if you can't manage your finances as a creative, you're gonna just be doing work based of passion. Right. So people that you see in the industry, in our industry, that are successful are people who understand how to manage their finances, understand how to price correctly. Mm -hmm. Understand what jobs are worth it, and understand you know how to go about as a business person. Because right. it's um, business etiquette is very important in our industry as well. Mm. Now, humbling experiences tend to develop our personalities as it relates to you know whether in business or as I said personal lives. Now, what was that humbling experience for you that really took you down? almost took you down a notch, but made you see something from a different angle. Was there an instant where that happened, or is it just that um, while going through, based on your experiences on different shoots, you learned, you adapted, and you thrived? Um, I feel like every single shoot taught me something, mm -hmm. um, because especially because I'm less than a year into being a stylist, so every shoot I learned something new. Right. You understand? So um definitely I feel like my main the main lesson that I've learned as far as time management 
still working on it. Yeah, me too. But it's, it's something that important and time management as well as discipline. Because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people have a conception that if you're creative, like every day you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be a creative. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna go make something or I'm gonna go this. But like, it's if you like don't it. have discipline, as you said earlier, right. there are dry spells, there are creative blocks. So if mm-hmm. you don't have discipline, you say, oh, I have X client work to do. It needs to happen regardless of me feeling like doing it or not. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely learning that okay, I need to have a discipline where I have to focus on the fact that I'm working towards something I want my business to grow. Mm-hmm. And that was a lesson I learned as well as, as I said, time management right. because sometimes I have shoots that clash. So this a, client A and client B don't know about each other. All they know is that yo, I need five outfits for both of my shoes. You understand? Right, right, right. So I have to learn like how am I gonna manage this sometimes like earlier on it would have kind of clashed meaning that maybe i won't be able to fit somebody or something like that so i kind of i'm kind of working on that so i learned from that to know that you know, i really need to put extra time into or put some leeways for mm-hmm. for things like this to happen and sarah is what you do full time or is it it's full time full time i'm at UA, i'm a finance student at UA, yeah but yeah it's, it's for my purpose it's, my it's what you do yeah definitely definitely mm-hmm. all right so Let's bring this home now because it has been, I don't know anything about the fashion industry or creatives, you just taught me a whole lot, okay. right? So it is value added thus far and I really appreciate you for that. You. So, you know, from the beginning to where you are currently, mm-hmm. let's reflect or some introspection as to, you know, how far you've come, how your style has improved, how your designs have improved, how your mindset has changed along the way. Can you just give us like a basic overview of that? Of how your mindset, how your mindset changed along with, you know, as we spoke about in the previous question, like the experiences, like how your mindset changed with all that. Honestly, I feel like once I really got into like working with different people, the scale of how I would dream for lack of a better word, great um, group. Mm-hmm. So like, okay, wow, I'm actually seeing now that my business has the potential to be huge. You understand? Right. My brand can, you know, pass borders of the Caribbean. Right. It can be, it can be big. And I feel like my journey has taught me that not to limit myself. Right. Really, so that's really the main thing. I think you add something else. That no, man, that's along the lines. And I was talking about the mindset. You said you you, you said that. Your, your, your brand can be bigger than, what was the company? No, I said, um, pass the borders of the Caribbean. Pass the borders of the Caribbean, right? So you're right. looking global with this, definitely. Right, definitely. So, definitely. as you really see on you know, a global perspective, the global, you know, transition, that global transcending brand image, right? right? Like, tell us where you see Sierra in the next two, three years. Okay, where do I see? Okay, honestly, where do I see Sierra? I am hoping that, you know, it will be something that grows into being something that across the Caribbean is known across the Caribbean as mm-hmm. in a brand name. Mm-hmm. So what I'm really working on right now is creating a personality for my brand mm-hmm. that's identifiable. You look at the time and you know, okay, it's Sierra. But I want that because I love this right. um, aesthetic or mm-hmm. I love the brand. So I definitely want it to be, you know, a norm in the Caribbean as mm-hmm. well as you know, be something that, you know, outside the Caribbean people will look at me like that. It's almost like an icon know. for Jamaican culture. Right, definitely. That's what so, it would be. Yeah, right. that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. at the end of the day, I really, really, really love Jamaican culture, as I said earlier. 
everything I do, even the way I market myself, I wanted to always highlight something about um, my Jamaican culture. So, for example, my sim collection that's mm -hmm. going to come out this year, Dreamland, what I did with the um, the trailer and the visuals, because I love to do videos mm -hmm. with my pictures. I made sure that I highlighted um, this lifestyle or this idea mm -hmm. um, of the fact that Jamaica is like a dreamland. Right. So it's not like mystical, but it's a reality that you can look at it and be like, okay, I actually want this because right. I want to feel this energy yeah, yeah. that's in um, the video or in the photos. And that's that's definitely um, a big part of we do work at Sierra. All right, Champagne. This has been. As I said before, an excellent podcast, an excellent bit of knowledge you shared with us on the fashion industry here, the first of its kind. Um, so before we wrap up, just tell the people, tell the audience how they can contact you, Instagram pages, uh, emails, anything. Okay, so you can contact me for styling at Champagne with the S mm -hmm. and an X at the end for, for Clothing, you can go to Sierra Coast, so that's S-E-O-R-A-C-O. -O. Mm -hmm. On Instagram, email is sierraswim at gmail.com. All right, okay. people, all right. So, live from, you know, the new studio, <laughs> also loves JA, um, with the champion here. Um, we're closing out. People, listen to this one. It's unique, it's one of a kind. Checking out.